Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me from Parts Unknown, the wonderfully talented and beautiful Michelle Yu. Aw, thanks Billy. Yeah, you've been doing a great job this summer. I've been looking at you. You look like you're getting a little fit, like you're looking good. The hair looks amazing. You've well, you're great. Very nice. you must be, you're drinking a lot this summer, I can tell. 100% I am, but that's not the point. I saw like a new outfit that you had the other day that I really liked. I, co- I commented on it. Yes, you did. My uh, my one shoulder go. Yeah, the one shoulder go is very good. It's very Thank nice. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look great. Um, uh, good show coming up today. We're meeting with uh, Ryan Metzger from Counterpoint Thoroughbreds. He's going to come on the show uh shortly after we talk about the three things of note it was a massive weekend at Del Mar last weekend uh and I know Michelle's going to get into it and I'm going to comment so let's go three things of note three <laughs> things of note three things of note three things of note okay so the first thing of note is that it was the grade 1 Pacific Classic which ended up being 3 year olds versus older and the deciding factor went down to the 3 year olds Arabian Knight taking him gate to wire to hold off a late charge from go rocket ride <laughs> that was like you were doing like a highlight film i know right that was really good actually i like that yeah uh 3 year olds complete domination uh not much more we can say uh, didn't kind of see that coming, although they were both well bet. I think, uh, one of them went off as a favorite. It was either Arabian Night or, um. I think it was Go Rocket Ride, was, wasn't Go it? Rocket. And I, you know what? Kudos to both. Um, Arabian Night did what most Bob Baffert horses do. They go to the front and they don't stop. Uh, Arabian Night got a great trip on the inside from Mike Smith, swung out and just was a little, it was a little too little too late on, uh, what could have been a speed favoring track that day. Uh, but yeah, great. It was a really good race. As I said the week before, if I recall, uh, was that I liked the Pacific Classic because I felt it was wide open. It was young versus older. It was, there were a lot of, there were a lot of storylines there that weren't just like flight line, you know, and he's going to win. And it, it was a little, I mean, anticlimactic, but crazy special. I get it. But, um, I did like the fact that, that it was a very intriguing race. And, and credit to Zidane Racing and uh, Bob Baffert and um, who rode? Um, uh, oh, Flavian Pratt. Pratt. Uh, yeah, Pratt. Pratt came in. That's right. Pratt, Pratt, came Pratt too. Yeah, and he, he also won the Del Mar Mile aboard Du Jour, which I thought was a very good race. Yeah, so a couple there for uh, B squared. Um, my second thing of note is certainly the fantastic weekend that Little Red Feather had after not winning a race in what two weeks. Billy over there moaning and I mean literally <laughs> like you come up to the veranda and Billy's like thunderclouds and I'm like, what's this? Go, we haven't won a race in two weeks. Like two weeks, and then oh, click click conclude. Click, click, GFP. It's just like, come on. Like, it's just a great weekend. It was awesome. And congratulations. And, and the nightcap with, uh, what's the name? Elevato. Yeah, Elevato. yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good weekend. Um, congratulations to all the Little Red Feather, uh, partners out there who, who really support us and, and we love you guys. And Gold fucking Phoenix was just, 
He was awesome in the Delmar handicap, winning it for the second straight year, punching his ticket to the Breeders' Cup, uh, where he will be, you know, 15 to 25 to one, depending on how, uh, how many of the European army will come over. Um, but he does like Santa Anita. He is really sharp. We're going to run him in the John Henry probably because why not? Um, he's so good right now. We feel like let's not take anything away from him. Let's just keep him on this program and, and who knows? Anything can happen in horse racing, but he is such a fucking cool horse. Everybody just loves him. Did you see the stuff that Alex Evers has been posting on, on? Yes, yes. Like the, he's the Labrador retreat. What is he? The yellow lab or something? No, the golden retriever, the golden Phoenix, the golden retriever. He is, he's so sweet, Michelle. You got to just go down. I know you're not far from him. You got to take your kids over there and just meet him and give him carrots. He just, he just loves attention. I wrote just that. I mean, I, well, I haven't, I haven't been to the, I haven't gotten to ride in like a week on the track. I think I rode one day last week because my kids are back in school, but I always go by. You know who I talk to every day is Glow Glow. Glow Glow is sweet. Yeah, unfortunately, she didn't have a great start, but I think uh, we messed up by running her on the dirt. It was very disappointing. So that was my fault. I'll take I'll take the blame for that one. Uh, but then conclude winning the Del Mar Derby um, was just another awesome race. And congratulations to our partners uh, and also our co-owners, obviously, Brett Jones, whose silks uh, he wore. On, uh, well, and really, anyone that's been on my morning show on Daybreak or anyone that's listening to me talk, Conclude has been the best working yeah. horse on the grounds. Like, yeah. I did the awesome. pre-race seminar the day before for Frank Scatoni, and they were like, what's the best bet? I'm like, it's, it's Conclude, you guys. There's no yeah. horse that's working better than that horse. It's, like, insane. He's been working out of his skin. There's no yeah. shot he wasn't going to run a banger. Yeah, he ran a huge race. Great job by Hector Berrios and, of course, Phil D'Amato. Uh, getting the win on both Gold Phoenix and Conclude, who will probably likely show up in the Twilight Derby on the Breeders' Cup undercard. Um, Conclude's, it, it, Conclude is so funny because he's like the opposite of Gold Phoenix. You go to him, he wants to play, he wants to bite, he wants to just just be crazy, and he's he's a boy, you know, he's like a he's like a teenager, right. and uh, he's just so happy with himself. He has so much confidence. He's just um, he's just a really, really cool horse to be around. I'm so happy for Brett and his whole operation. He bred the horse. He has the half-sister in the Keeneland sale in book one next week, so they're all excited about that. And it's uh, it's really cool to have a horse like him, uh, and I, I, I just hope he keeps keeps on, keeps on, keeps on keeping on. There you go. That's what I was talking Keeping on. Keep on, keep on. My third thing of note is looking over all of the races at Saratoga. I thought my favorite race certainly was Bright Work winning the spin away for Johnny Ortiz and WSS Racing. Bill Simon has been on our show before. It yep. was John Ortiz's first win. And look at her four wins have been at three different tracks. She's gone further and further in each one, and I just loved how she held off all foes. I mean, she was so gutty and so game of all the races at Saratoga's closing weekend. For me, that was the best one. I agree. I thought it was a really good race. That ways and means of Chad Browns and Clarovich was uh, trying and she's supposed to be this monster and, and bright work just took a tour. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, Michelle, I have a question before we uh, uh, talk to Ryan Metzger. I have one quick question for you because they give the, I think they give the, these awards at Del Mar for like horse of the meat, right? So, if I told you you had Arabian Night, winner of the Pacific Classic, Anaset, winner of the Grade 2 San Clemente and the Sam, Grade 1 Del Mar Oaks, mm-hmm. Gold Phoenix, winner of the Grade 2 Eddie Reed and the Grade 2 Del Mar Handicap, or Conclude, winner of the Opening Day Oceanside and the Del Mar, Grade 2 Del Mar Derby, 
what order do you put them in? Be, and you can you won't hurt my feelings. I probably put Anisette on top. Um, I agree. Only because she was really dazzling in her starts, and I, I think that her her name sticks out to people. Yeah. Nothing against like Conclude or GFP, but I think we've seen them a lot of times, and so it like because. Anaset is new. She just seems like, look, she's unbeatable, right? right. So the other boys, it kind of it gives a feeling of like they like Delmar and they did good, but they're not like Anaset, right. which could be special. So right. for me, I would put Anaset over Conclude and then uh, Arabian Night just because it was a decent enough thing and then GFP because no one ever gives handicapped turf horses any love. <laughs> I think it's totally fair. I think it's fair. I think I think it's fair. All right. Um, all right, do you want to take a quick break and then get to Ryan Metzger? Sounds great. All right, let's do it. We're thrilled once again to be partnered with Gainsway Farm for 2023. Gainsway stands up and coming stallion Mackenzie. M- remember Mackenzie, Michelle? I love Mackenzie, and I love his babies. Yeah, Mackenzie produced 16 six-figure first crop weanlings, the most of any first crop sire with a $135,000 weanling average. Say that 10 times real fast. At Keeneland January, Mackenzie produced the two highest-priced first crop yearlings at $250,000 and $220,000, well above $125,000 Keeneland January sales average. Additionally, at Facing Tip in February, Mackenzie had the highest price first crop yearling at two hundred thousand. Don't miss out on your opportunity, Michelle. For uh, for more information, visit gainsway.com. Michelle, give it one time. Power. Power. Passion. Performance. Gainsway. I wonder if that's still their logo because it's not in our read, but I liked it. I like it too. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by the Breeders' Cup. We are thrilled to be partnered with Breeders' Cup for 2023. And this weekend features five, kind of five, win and you're in races from Irish Championship Weekend across the pond. Three from Leopardstown on Saturday, September 9th, and then two more on Sunday, September 10th from the Curra. Additionally, Kentucky Downs on Saturday will have two more races with win and you're in action. Winners receive an array of Breeders' Cup races on the grass entry, including the Juvenile Turf, the Juvenile Phillies Turf, the Longines Turf, the Turf Sprint, and also the Makers Mark Philly and Mirror Turf. Additionally, uh, all your fees are paid for the winner, and a $10,000 award to the nominator is given. Be sure and stay tuned to In the Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Toba. Toba's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. And Billy, did you know the projects managed by Toba include the American Greatest Stakes Committee, the Claiming Crown, the Ownership Seminars, the Breeding Confirmation Pedigree Clinics, as well as the Sales Integrity Program? I did know that. Did you know that Toba also provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee? International Cataloging Standards Committee, and International Thoroughbred Breeders Federation. The Thoroughbred Charities of America, we call it the TCA, is the charitable arm of TOBA. And TOBA Media Properties, a subsidiary of TOBA, is the co-owner. Subsidiary. What'd I say? Subsidiary. Subsidiary of TOBA is the co-owner of Blood Horse. Toba is represented on the board of directors of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association as a founding member, as well as the board of directors of the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium as a founding member. That's Toba. You can tell which one of us went to college. I'm leaving that in. That's fine. (laughs) 
All right, back here on the Owner's Box. Very special guest today. It is Ryan Metzger from Counterpoint Thoroughbreds. Ryan, thanks for uh, joining the show. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm actually a fan. I like to listen to you guys all the time on my dog walks. So it's fun to be that, on. You know what? Great way to listen to the show. Are there – are there? His dog likes to listen to us too. He probably does. <laughs> We're very popular. Are there some things – can you give us – some feedback because Michelle and I, we don't get a lot of feedback. What's, what's kind of the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I don't know if I have negative feedback cause I usually get a good laugh at it. Um, but I do enjoy when Michelle is trying to take care of her kids at the same time as the show. Yeah. And you'll have one of the guys coming in asking for snacks or yes. something and she has, yeah. I'll take care of this. Just, uh, you keep going. Yeah. 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 Um, That's also good. Can you tell sometimes when Michelle just stops asking questions for like, 10 minutes because she's not really there. Um, I think Billy, you and I probably come from a similar mold that we're talkers. So yeah. I always just figured Michelle was like, you know what? I'll just let Billy go. <laughs> I, I let Billy go until he says, and here's Michelle. And here's Michelle. I like yeah. that. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get started in uh, horse ownership? And, and then we'll get into a uh, counterpoint. For sure. Yeah. Um, I actually probably go a little further back. I have what I think is a pretty typical um, entry to the sport, and uh, it was through my dad. Um, I grew up in New York, uh, close to Saratoga, and I feel like I grew up in the dirt of the picnic area of Saratoga. <laughs> um, I have a really great picture on my Instagram of my dad and his uncle um, sitting with their legs crossed, reading the racing form while I play like dinosaurs uh, yeah. in the dirt as they read the racing form. Um, so I, I feel like I was kind of, uh, brought up that way. And, uh, my one quick story is that they would always make me play a game that was go and find as many bottle caps as you could in the dirt. Um, and this is when you could bring glass in. So I was going around looking for, you know, all these different bottle caps of beers and I'd bring them back and I'd be all excited and be like, oh, that's great. Go find some more. And I didn't realize until about 20 years later, they were just sending me off so they could right. read the racing form and teach. And I was just doing some tasks for a little bit. Hey, I literally thought maybe you guys had this, like, massive collection. It was going to turn into, like, a great story about, like, all the bottle caps you've collected over the years. Yeah. I mean, there's a good Labatt Blues, like the old the old traditional beers that were oh. in the back. But, no, it was just a way to get me away so they could read the form. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> don't, talk to, don't talk to me about Labatt Blue. I, I love going up to Canada <laughs> for Labatt Blue. That, that, that beer is awesome. So, what? listen, we, now we know your little kid's story and how you really got involved. But yeah. when did you get serious? It was the summer of 2020. It was the really uh, unfortunate COVID summer. Um, I had basically finished, um, you know, uh, not finished, excuse me. I I was about 15 years out of college now and had some money and we're sitting around at our place in the Adirondacks and I'm, and I'm looking over at my dad. We're all sad because we can't go to the racetrack. This is the summer that we couldn't go to the racetrack. And we had been kicking around the idea of buying a horse. So we said, all right, you know, I guess this is the year we got to buy a horse, um, because they were allowing owners to go at the time. Right. Um, unfortunately, we didn't know anybody at the time, um, and we were just, you know, watching TV, and the, a commercial for uh, Bond Racing, the Bonds came on, and um, we hit them up. <laughs> we hit them up on a, on a day, I, asked to go amazing. down, and yeah. So um, how did it how did it go down? Let, tell you know that's interesting because a lot of people might be intimidated. They see a commercial on TV, they're like, ah, these guys are full of it, or you know, who's going to advertise this stuff? But you took advantage of it. Tell us how that went down. Like, what was the what was the call like? Um, so actually, 
email that first, but I will say they invited us down to their private Grizzly barn, which is right there on Grizzly Street in Saratoga, and invited us into the barn, searched all the horses, sat us down in the office, and talked to us for two hours just wow. about horse racing. Uh, it was really cool, and it was like an instant match, um, and they told us all the things that could go obviously wrong and all the things that can go right and what's fun about it, and, you know, it was a perfect match in that sense, but um, it was – it was that two hours of being around, like literally being around the horses. And I never really got to, you know, I didn't grow up in the sport. Um, that was an easy sell for me. And, and to be honest, they're amazing people. And you're not going to hear any bad words about them as a family and organization uh, from anybody in the industry. So it was an easy fit. Yeah. And, and that's interesting that you said that it was an easy fit. And from there, what, what were the next steps? Did you go into a partnership that they had? Was that the start of your partnership? How did that work from there? So uh, went into a partnership with theirs because we had basically zero idea of the ownership side of it. Um, and we were looking at, you know, we we're basically saying, hey, we want to go to the race this summer. What's going to race this summer? You know, right. not doing any kind of right. extensive research. But um, they had a Philly available for sale named Giacosa. And Giacosa was one that, like, I was like, I really like Phillies for some reason, but um, I just really liked her and thought she was, I guess, kind of cute. <laughs> but um, I was like, yep, she's going to race in, in August, so you're more than welcome to buy uh, parts of her. And um, that was kind of it. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to talk about all the contractual stuff, but it was basically just what horse, you know, I kind of handicapped it. I was like, what horse right. is a good chance to win her next race? And what horse is going to race soon? And it was this this uh, filly named Giacosa, who seven days after we bought her, broke through and won her first level New York bred uh, allowance race. That's and a nice turnaround. From that, yeah, that's sick. Well, here's here's the kicker, right? We're totally screwed. We're 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 like X from future on, right? Because it's never going to get better. <laughs> we are, you know, well, we're going to get better. One. This is the easiest yeah. sport in the world. Right. It's like, this, oh God, what if you, you know? So it was. That's that how was a lot that's of how we do it, Ryan. We just sucker you in. We just sucker new people in. We give them instant success. You know. Um, I'm certain there was some sex going around. Hey, let these guys win so they can they'll come back. <laughs> Yeah. In that case, I need to find a bunch of new people in every. every I'm race. just like, kidding. Oh, I would never short. ever. That would yeah, never it. happen. No, that's it, it. But it does. It's funny because there's a lot of stories like that. So, did you and your dad go in? You and your family? Did you make it a family affair? Um, yeah, it's always been me and my dad, and we actually also added my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, who's really awesome too. Um, so it was kind of the three of us to start off, um, and we'll probably keep it a family affair. I mean, I'm just very family-oriented. Um, but yeah, that's, that's us. All right. Um, so take us through now you've won a race. Now you're saying, Oh, this is easy. What are the next steps, um, to kind of make this even more of a, uh, I, I'm sure we're going to hear some not so great stories coming up. Um, you know, it, for a while it was easy cooking. We, she went to a, a grade two next start. Like, uh, she ran a, a pretty respectable fifth. She then ran, runs second on a second-level New York Fed allowance, comes back the next year, um, and finally when the, you know, the weather changes and she gets to Saratoga, she breaks through the second-level New York Fed allowance. Wow. And now I'm two for two at Saratoga. I'm like, this is, this is so easy. <laughs> um, and the only place I ever wanted to be was Saratoga Winter Circle. Um, and then, you know, Jim goes, yep, we're just going to train her up to the Addo. She's doing great. 
And uh, six, seven weeks later, she pops off and wins the auto, like super incredibly, like really impressively. Wow. And uh, so our first horse, we had a stake winner, you know, it was just, just crazy. Um, did they, did, uh, ended up winning one, one more, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, do the bonds make distributions? Do you keep the money in the account? I'm sorry to get into it, but we should, you know, we're giving them a good, good push here. We should find out how the partnership works. It's actually full ownership, right? So you sell, you sign a bill of sale and you are an owner. So it's not like uh, a group of, uh, uh, sorry, like unincorporated, like investors. It's, you are, we are owners of the horse. So now that she's retired and she's actually in full to Golden Pal, we're still going to be on with the foals going forward. So it's, there's no, right. you know, only a racing partnership. It's like a full ownership of horses. Oh, wow. That's um, cool. But yeah. how, can I ask how much you bought of the horse? Um, we had 20% of the Geocosa. Oh, nice. Wow. So you did yeah. very, very well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, first love. It'll be hard to ever top it, but, um, I mean, we've accumulated more, obviously. Yeah, well, that's uh, in the, in the about. So did you, is it just, so is Counterpoint Thoroughbreds just your your dad and you and your brother-in-law? You Have you added more people? Is it a public partnership? I don't, with all due respect, I don't know. No, much. yeah. I don't think, so, no, it's not a public partnership. Um, I mean, I would I would talk to anybody. I love talking. But um, if anyone wants to come in with us, we're totally happy to. But, no, this is just a private you know, kind of private enterprise we took on to do with ourselves. Um, uh, I just, you know, secrets out. Counterpoint is the name of a road that was special to us. So it's just the name of the, of the stable. Where's the um, road? But, Wait, yeah, where's, where's, where's the road? <laughs> it's in the Adirondacks, but I don't need the stalkers. I don't need the stalkers. <laughs> We're all driving up you, the you enough people... By the way, Michelle, I'm going to turn it over to you in a second, but I love that Ryan thinks that people actually listen to the show and are going to come find him. Yeah. Really, he knows that we have a million downloads. That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. It, but we've also done like 999,000 shows. So <laughs> I why we have was a fully expecting to be big after this. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I thought going to take you to the top. It would be funny if your email got like flooded with people who wanted to join and you're like, no, 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 this is not a partnership. Billy is wrong. Uh, All right, Michelle. I have no idea what I'm doing. Stop emailing me. Go for it, Michelle. Ryan, do you have any aspirations to like do group stuff or are you happy just family affair? Um, I would love to do group stuff. I I think one of the other uh, things that I've always wanted to talk about is growing the sport and well, there's some other things going on right now. I'm not certain we're at a place to grow, but there's a feeling of inside the fence versus outside the fence with uh, the racing industry. And I would love to break down like the proverbial fence of, of becoming an owner or becoming, becoming some kind of, you know, stakeholder in the industry because it was scary for me. You know, I didn't know anybody. I had to email someone randomly um, to, uh, to find my way in. If someone emailed me randomly, I would gladly uh, involve them and try to, you know, walk them through or to be a partner on it. That makes sense. Um, Looking at your at your past, do you have kids now and do you bring them the races to try and kind of secure our future? (laughs) Um, I do not have kids. I got married in May. Um, uh, So I'm newlywed. Now, now, not only are yeah, people yeah, stalking yeah. him, but but his wife is going to stalk him now. 
every, every she's not the first person to ask, right? When you're a newlywed, everyone asks when you're having kids. But uh, um, no, I don't have any kids, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I certainly hope they're racetrack kids like Michelle's and and everyone's like like don't get to grow up in the dirt of the picnic area. They get to get on the dirt in the backside. So uh, they will be track kids whether they like it or not. <laughs> have, you, have you ever thought of coming out to the West Coast? Um, I I live right now. I live in California. I'm in Hermosa Beach, so I'm your guys' oh. neighbor. Um, I've been stuck out here post college, so I do travel back for the summers because it's very nice summers for Saratoga. But, but I've you, been wait, 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 you stay wait. there all summer then? I'm taking a timeout. I'm calling a timeout. Do you come over to Delmar? Um, I come to the Del Mar fall meet. I think what's that the thing? Because I'm here, I do spend summers in Saratoga. So Ryan we also own a home in the Saratoga right area. Now. This is, this is, this, this, my favorite. this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, I've been banned from Saratoga. Do you know that? I didn't know that, but I did think you would bring up the fact that you like Del Mar better. And I'm not going to speak to it <laughs> just because I don't want to piss you off. <laughs> Listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion, whether they're right or wrong. Um, you know, this is uh, <laughs> this is this is an ongoing theme that Michelle and I started about ten years ago, and uh, it is interesting that you are a Saratoga guy. But I get it. Listen, listen, I get the charm and the the picnic table. Charm sound like such a bad word, doesn't he? Yeah, I just like the ocean and the beach. I'm sorry. I I mean, you know, call me call me crazy. And I don't like when um, every, when every race is rained off the grass. I, I I can't take it. Um, better beer, better tacos, better Mexican food in Del Mar, hundred yeah. percent. Um, better picnic atmosphere in there with the grungies, Saratoga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll give you. He just laughs. Like, I know, right? Wait, okay, now I, I now I do have a question. Since you did go and yeah go to Saratoga all summer, and I know that you weathered the storm literally and figuratively. I saw that you wrote an op-ed. Kind of give us your feelings about Saratoga and what you thought about the summer. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I want to go back to Whitney weekend. Um, I was at a wedding out of the country, actually, and so I was – like air quote lucky enough to miss the tragedy of Maple Leaf Mel. Yeah. Um, it was, as far as I've heard, some people I had texted and talked to beyond tragic. Um, but it was out of sight, out of mind. So I didn't, you know, this sucks, but that was, that's just what I'm saying. Um, fast forward to Travers, Travers yeah. weekend. I was there for all the racing and um, I was witness to, I think, was probably one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've ever seen. I was just, it was just, yeah, it was just so hard. Like there was so much pain in the stands in the moments after New York Thunder's passing. Um, right. Like immediately looked over my dad. He's crying. Um, I'm swearing. Uh, people, you know, women. I saw a woman being consoled by her son, like who was 10 years old. It just was this crazy, crazy um, moment of heartbreak and, and pain that I just, I couldn't get past it. And at the same time, 
felt this the show goes on type yeah atmosphere um, right. I looked down for a while on my phone, probably tweeted off some things I shouldn't have tweeted, and then I heard the bell for the 17 minutes post for the um, – sorry, I can't remember the name. The grade one, the older sprinters. Yeah. And um, I couldn't watch it, man. I couldn't watch it. I, I, I thought for sure something was going to happen again. And I just was really saddened by the fact that um, it felt like the show – one, the show goes on, and two – I was going to hear all the same quotes again, like we have to do better when yeah. feeling like we haven't done better and we have every opportunity to. And that's why I wrote the letter to the editor and why I was so basically charged up about it. I hope that answers Michelle's question. So no, what, what is your opinion then? What, what do you think we need to do? Cause we're, we're all about growing our game, right? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. we made commissioner, yeah. what well, would you do? Can I, Michelle, can I also say we're, we're, not only are we, first of all, we need to save our game and then we need to grow our game. I think that's kind of where Ryan's going, but go ahead, Ryan. That's actually 100% what I was going to say. I, I, unfortunately, I love this sport so much. I mean, maybe you can hear it coming out of me. I'm a very impassioned individual. I don't think we're at a point right now where we have the ability to grow the sport. The old saying, we, we have a limited social license, like the social license is gone. Um, no one is coming into the sport and thinking like, oh, you're, you know, Unfortunately, no one thinks we're even taking care of our animals, and that's the farthest from the truth. But um, So we have to save it first. And I really think New York Thunder was an interesting case study in this. Um, and one of the things that I did, like, very minor diving into the pedigree side of, of that horse, um, you know, what I first saw was that both New York Thunder's dam was on race and um, his dam's dam was on race. So, um, and... I came to, I was like, I wonder why that is. Is it because they were obviously super sound horses that were going to be super great in the racetrack? Or was it because people were protecting their investment and putting, you know, a horse that wouldn't perform to its highest standards on the racetrack back into the gene pool? And that, that I think is, I think it's a really hard thing to think about, but you have to be really um Sure, what we're putting back into the gene pool. We have, unfortunately, in the United States, I think very fragile horses compared to other places around the world. And mm-hmm. um, I think that kind of showed coming through in the pedigree where we had no idea what, you know, the dam would have done on the racetrack or if she would have held up. Um, but we put her back in the gene pool. Um, so I, I, that's one thing. I, I think you would have to, people have a really hard look at what goes back into our gene pool. Um, on top of that, one can of I, the other things can I, I came to. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I play? Can I play devil's advocate on that just for one second? And I'm not saying Absolutely. that I agree or disagree with you, but let's say you own what? What was your good mare's name? Giacosa. Okay, Giacosa. And Giacosa unfortunately comes up with an ankle injury. Like, you know, she didn't, but let's say she did. And that forced her retirement, okay? But she was saved. And the ankle injury ended up being that she had an old OCD and she ended up having a, uh, you know, a pod lesion or something like that, right? Now, if if I called you, Ryan, I said, sorry, bud, can't breed her. Are you going to be like, okay, you're right? Or are you going to be like, wait a second, this filly won a, a, a graded stake and, you know, while it could have been hereditary, we don't know that. You know what I mean? Like, how how are we? How are we? How how are you as a private citizen and an owner of this animal not allowed to breed the horse? 
I'm, and again, that's probably yeah. an extreme example, but do you see where I'm no, going? From? I, I do. I, I really do. Um, I think uh, it's a really hard one. And obviously when people's pocketbooks are involved, it's going to be doubly hard. Correct. Um, but I look at a declining horse population already that we have for American thoroughbreds. Um, so it's not like we, you know, it's not like we're fixing the problem by putting that horse back into the breeding um, the gene pool, it, it, we, we, you know, the, the problem is still going to be ongoing that we have declining horse populations. I, I personally think if the horse cannot hold up to racing a certain, I don't know, I'm not going to say number of times, but on the racetrack and comes up lame, that's, you know, not because of being stepped on or something else. You have to really take a hard look. Um, but yeah, it's, there's definitely gray areas and I get okay. the pocketbook aspect of it. As yeah. well. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And you know what? I would probably be really mad. I would be really mad. And, um, right. And, and I, I want to say that change, changes are really hard for people and change is hard. Um, but, you know, if we don't change, if we don't adapt, we die. Um, so all those things you can worry about with your pocketbook, you know, because it's my horse and I can do what I want. When the sport doesn't exist in 20 years, right. it's not going to matter anyways. You know, so you have to take a hard look. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry, and I stopped you. You had another point. No, no. I mean, I, look, I already said I'm a talker, so I'll talk about anything. But um, I, I think that's a gray area. But it's just something that came up in my research of New York, of New York Thunder. Sure. Um, and that was a duck dog one. Um, the other thing for that horse is he was vet scratched on June 10th for the Woody Stevens. He was then sent to Monmouth Park, where I'd imagine he worked off the vets list uh, at Monmouth for a different stage to and a different set of eyes. Uh, I think that's a glaring hole. I, I mean, you, you're telling me that they know exactly why that horse was lame in New York and couldn't make a start in the Woody Stevens versus, you know, a different set of eyes down in Monmouth working them off. I, I could be wrong, but I, I would not imagine that they're sharing the information. Yeah, check the right, check the left, you know, left front. That's that, that was the problem. Uh, glaring hole for me. Um, and then obviously the injections and horse received injections 14 days prior to the Amsterdam and again 14 days prior to the Allen Jerkins. And um, California's already changed this rule, and I think I said might be making any change as well. But that's got to that's got to change. You can't inject in a race like that. I mean, it, it, it just, you can't do it. Yep. Well, yeah, and, and California, as you mentioned, and one of the things that I think Michelle and I talk about and that we're pretty proud of out here is that we have, you know, changed. Um, we've gotten stricter. We've gotten tougher. Our rules are, our rules are tougher than the HISA rules. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, listen. One of the things is we, we, we try not to be Debbie Downers on this show, and I'm not saying you are because you're, mm-hmm. bringing, you're bringing up really good points and it's stuff that should be discussed. Um, I think that there are, how we say, uh, there are a lot of pe- people that are a lot smarter than I am out there um, that, that can understand this stuff. But I like, listen, I think you have a strong opinion. I think you have conviction about it. And I think you have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, the, the impetus to go back it up with your research, mm-hmm. which, which is different than a lot of people, especially, you know, the world of social media has, has really changed our sport, right? Because 
everything, mm-hmm. everything is out there. There's nothing to hide anymore. Um, and back mm-hmm. in the day, we, we had a chance to do it. Um, we, we, you know, no one was really paying attention. If a horse broke down, it was awful. It was terrible. I, I can think of a bunch in my head right now and I don't even want to go back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nowadays, like you said, the show goes on and you're, you're right. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if the answer is to just at that point stop the racing card and send everybody home. Like, I don't know if that's the right answer. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I, right. I would have never wanted to take Archangelo's moment away. That right. was also if, if we're, if we're going the opposite of Debbie Downer's. What a moment for racing as well to have a small trainer, you know, a small owner, mm-hmm. and obviously JJ, who's one of the best guys in the country riding, you know, best humans to win the Travers. Um, right. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to take that away. Yeah. Just you know, I just was heartbroken basically. No, and it makes sense. Michelle, I know you want to jump in here. So I just kind of going backwards just a little bit. I want to know how this summer and how your kind of reformed outlook or, or what you think we need to do for the game is going to change how you look at horses or purchase horses going forward. Mm, that's a, a really good question. Um, I, I'm not a horse flesh expert although I can do work pretty well on the pedigree side. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always and continue to look for stallions that held up um, on the racetrack. Um, I think we have an, some stallions in um, our country that are brittle, that you got hurt on the racetrack, and, and again, going back to the same conversation, maybe shouldn't be there standing. But um, I will not buy from two-year-old breeze sales and still – Changes are made to protect the three-year-olds that are going through. I think okay. working, trying to work for 10 seconds is too fast. <clears throat> and I think, you know, horses have to prove that they were sound on the racetrack. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm sorry. For me, I think they have to prove. And I'll stick to my convictions that way. Um, right. I'm not sure I would change, to answer your question, I'm not sure I would change my, how I'll go about acquiring horses. Because I don't feel like. I'm acquiring the ones that I'm worried about, if that makes sense. No, it, yeah, it makes sense. And I think, I, listen, like I said, I used the word conviction earlier. Um, and I think you brought up a great point. The almighty dollar uh, is, is mm-hmm. drives many industries. It's not just horse racing, let's be honest. Uh, but, you know, you talk about two-year-old sales, there's a lot of money to be made there. Uh, with people selling their horses so and people buying their horses. So when, when the dollar mm-hmm. is driving it, those are the things that are going to happen. But I want to I want to go back to to positivity and and ask you because you you listen to the show you know what we kind of wrap up with. But I think it's important to to like from the time you started to now give us some things that you've learned that you could kind of pass on to people who listen to the show. Um, the backside of the racetrack is filled with people that love their horses. Um, they're is generally no better care for any breed of horse in the world than a thoroughbred. I mean, I spend a ton of time in the Bonds barn and I look every day at the care they're getting. Um, yeah. People love these horses and that's, I think the biggest thing. And I would want to tell the outside world is that they're, they're better cared for than any other animal. Now there's outliers obviously, but, um, that's one side of it. Um, 
And then I think another would be just there's like a really great family to kind of uh, sorry friends that become family um, through those same people. Sure. Um, a great racetrack family, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, no. I think I think those are valid points, and there's one of the reasons I think a lot of people get involved is once they see it. I say to Michelle all the time, and I say to people when I'm standing in the backstretch and I'm seeing the grooms and the hot walkers and what each horse does every day and how many people put their hands on it and they, you know, the care that they get. And then we have people that literally just go to the track, drink a couple beers, bet ten dollars, and go home, and they don't have no idea the work that goes in to get these horses to the track. 24 seven, 365 job of yep. people that love their animals. Um, and that will never change. And it won't, you know, there won't be a sport without them. Um, yes, I would just say, I certainly hope that there is a sport in a couple of years. Absolutely. Well, let's, the changes we can make. We hope so too. And, and hopefully you'll be involved and we appreciate your voice and coming out and your conviction. And we appreciate you going around and, picking up bottle caps at Saratoga and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I you find you, something I can tell my kids to pick up at Delmar. Exactly. You know what they could pick up for me? I don't uh, think they allowed losing tickets. I don't think they allowed glass in. So you probably have to find something else. Yeah. Losing tickets is a good one. Losing tickets is a good one. Well, when we were young, we used to have all the different colors. We'd have, you know, black ticket, a red ticket, a green ticket, I think was 20 bucks. I remember. Um, and I would have shoe boxes full of them which I'm sure were very clean. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, hey, listen, Ryan Metzger, uh, Counterpoint Thoroughbreds, we wish you all the best. Thanks for spending time with us today, and we really appreciate it, and, and keep up the good work. Thank you guys as well. Um, it was a pleasure, and I'll uh, hopefully talk to you guys soon. All right. Appreciate Come it. to Del Mar. Don't be a stranger. Forget Saratoga. Yeah, I'll be down. Come down, down to Del Mar. All right, we'll see you at Del Mar. That's Ryan Metzger here on the Owner's Box. Michelle? Another another super guest. Um, you know, listen, I, I I don't think he's in the minority for talking about what he's talking about. I mean, it's it's out there, right? I mean, and um, you saw probably the necro- necropsy report from having a meltdown. I mean, this thing is a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't listen. We're not going to get into it. We didn't. I didn't truthfully know this was going to be the kind of topic we were going to talk about today. Usually, we try to stay very positive on this show but look um i've used the word conviction like six times and ryan uh he seems like a smart guy and he cares and i think i think we all care i think it's a matter of what what we what we do to to make our sport better um each and every day and and if we all kind of look back and, and look in the mirror at ourselves and say okay what are what am i doing better what can i do better how how do i uh, get more involved. How do I, you know, make my voice known? Um, no matter how big or small my stable might be, uh, I think it's important that, uh, people have a voice. So, uh, appreciate Ryan. Michelle, what's coming up at, uh, Del Mar this weekend? Well, Billy, I'm sure you're sad to know it's closing weekend at Del Mar this weekend. You know, um, Michelle, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. Um, once? I'm always honest. I'm but, just kidding. I'm going to tell you, I am sad. I How have, much greatest stakes do you have to win before you take me to dinner? I was going to say, I will, I, you know what? God, when am I going to take you? How about Friday night? We go to dinner. I take you to dinner. Maybe. Okay. Well, it's Friday's late racing, too. Why don't we go to Ken's? That's what I'm waiting for is the invite to Ken's. All right. 
me and you, we're going to shut down Ken's on Friday night. Okay. okay. That's our plan. Um, down there. I'll have, to, I'll have to keep you posted on my uh, traffic situation. Uh, it's taking me over four hours last week to get there. I didn't finish my thought. Sorry. You are sad it is coming to be the end. I am sad, but I have to say it has been a long summer. I feel like we've been down here a long time. Um, I, I have not gotten much sleep. I am a little bit tired. I'm not complaining. That is not a complaint. I'm just telling you that it has been a long summer. There's been... Some great days. There's been some awful days. It is absolutely gorgeous here right now, and I will be sad to leave. There you go. Okay, fair enough. So if you, like Billy, are sad that Del Mar is uh, finishing up, there are some good races for the closing weekend. Yeah. Uh, we have, I'm smoking steaks on Friday. Uh, first post, by the way, 1 o'clock for that. On Saturday and Sunday, first post is going to be at 1130. I'm sorry, at 1.30 p.m.? 1.30. Hey, hold on. I screwed that up. On Friday, first post is 3 p.m. Gates 3 open at 1. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then 1.30 for Friday and Saturday for the first post, okay? So Saturday has the Del Mar Debutante, the John St. Maybe, and the Juvenile Phillies Turf. And then on Sunday, we are going to have the Del Mar Futurity and the Del Mar Juvenile Turf. I will be hosting Daybreak both of those days, of course. We're going to have mandatory payouts on Sunday. It's college day on Saturday. Uh-oh. And we're Uh-oh. also going to have the Taste of the Turf Club. And there's a Red Cross blood drive just in case you oh. want to give some blood. Yeah, I might give some blood. I'll do that. Okay. Right. Closing weekend at Del Mar is upon us. It's been a great summer, Michelle. Uh, let's, we'll probably, no, we'll keep going. I'm going to be in Keeneland, uh, uh, next week. Are you? Uh, I'm on hold. I'm, I want to go, but I'm having a struggle finding a babysitter for my kids because my mom went back to work. Why don't you call Ryan Metzger? <laughs> right. Give him some practice. <laughs> he, might, he might never want kids after being with mine. Thanks, Ryan, for coming on the show. We are part of the In the Money Media Network. Uh, my Twitter handle is BKLRF. Michelle is the Michelle U. Our show is at Own a Horse. That's where we post the shows. You can email me, Billy, at LittleRedFeather.com if you have any questions about horse racing or ownership. We appreciate everybody who listens to the show. And uh, we'll try to do something from uh, Kentucky next week. Okay, Michelle? Okay, sounds good. Bye, everybody. Bye.